Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I'm your host, Tamela McBath, Chief Execution Officer for the organization. Thank you so much for joining us. Chronic Risk is the podcast that gives insights on risk in the cannabis industry from our NCRMA partners, members, and affiliates. Today, we're joined by someone who can provide us insight into how the global Coronavirus pandemic is impacting cannabis from a medical marijuana perspective. Our guest is Brad Hunt. Brad is the president of Advent Academy and is an NCRMA service partner. Brad specializes in cannabis-specific evidence-based education, which provides critical knowledge and guidelines for effective cannabis treatment and management for physicians and ancillary professionals today. Brad, welcome. So glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Tamla. It's an honor to be here, and uh, we really appreciate our partnership with the NCRMA. Thank you so much. So, Brad, what have the last few weeks been like for you? Well, uh, it's been actually somewhat productive, but uh, also definitely some changes uh, that have occurred. You know, one of the things is we specialize in training healthcare professionals, and they're just not available right now. So, uh, you know, we've taken that time to focus on you know, some other aspects of the business. Uh, but, uh, you know, I see the cannabis industry, you know, and my contacts throughout the supply chain, uh, you know, people seem bullish and excited about, uh, you know, the opportunities that this uh, crisis is bringing us. So, Brad, how do you feel with everything that you described that's going on right now and the bulk of your constituents being at the front lines right now? How do you see the medicinal category um, being in a different position than general and adult use category, maybe in terms of weathering this uncertain time so that uh, we can emerge stronger, they emerge stronger? Or do you see the medical marijuana being in a better position going forward? What's your take on that? You know, there's some challenges. I mean, I think that uh, both medical and adult use will be uh, emerging stronger. Uh, I do, uh, you know, have concerns. I've heard concerns about, you know, access from a medical standpoint to medicine. I mean, with layoffs and people concerned about their income and their future, uh, you know, in adult use, it, it could be discretionary spending. In the medical situation, you know, it's required. Uh, right. Treatment of your condition or uh, what ailment you're trying to uh, you know, make better. But, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, some different things like the CBD online, uh, those who sell direct to customers over the Internet, um, you know, being very situation because, you know, there's an advantage there over brick and mortar. Uh, right. You know, with the social distancing and everything that uh, goes along with the retail challenges uh, during this crisis, you know, but I, I like to make the distinction and, you know, at Advent, we make the distinction uh, that, uh, 
adult use and medical, you know, to us, we don't really like to hone in on that distinction because when people are consuming cannabinoids, uh, it affects in a positive way and possibly in, even in a negative way, their health. You know, so they're consuming cannabinoids for some reason and, uh, you know, how they obtain it uh, via, via medical uh, dispensaries or, you know, general adult use facilities and, you know, is a matter of how, you know, the, you know, politics and rules and regulations between the state and federal level have rolled out. But, you know, we think as far as the medical situation here, we could emerge, you know, much stronger uh, considering that cannabis has been, uh, dispensaries have been, uh, you know, labeled as essential services in some states that uh, you know, patients will have access to that and that, you know, the gap really is between the healthcare professionals and the uh, retail side, the supply chain. And when a patient leaves their physician's office and they have to go, you know, get the proper cannabinoids or if someone's consuming, you know, in an adult use situation, they're intaking those cannabinoids, they need to be able to discuss that with their healthcare professionals and they need to be trained. You know, right. and I think what this is doing is kind of normalizing uh, medical cannabis in a way through this crisis that we've seen with essential services that we should take advantage of and open those discussions so that everyone consuming, regardless of how they're doing so, uh, isn't talking with their physician and making sure that their health outcomes are optimal. So are you thinking with this, Brad, that the industry will find itself subject to increased regulation with its supply chain and retail practices as the government looks to contain the virus, you know, to present, to prevent outbreaks in the future? So it sounds like you're, you're detailing how this is going to affect the supply chain. What about from a regulatory perspective? Well, Tamla, you know, as you know, I've been in risk management and insurance for 20 plus years, and I've worked, uh, you know, with the restaurant associations and healthcare associations and retail merchants and, you know, on all aspects of insurance risk. And, you know, what I've always noted about cannabis is, you know, it's agriculture, it's food production, exactly. uh, in some cases, it's retail establishments, the risks are known. You know, and I think that we may all see increased regulation across different industries. You know, when I was going to get some food yesterday, there was X's on the floor of the takeout facility that were six feet away from each other to help us with our social distancing. I know. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Right. right. So, I, you know, who uh, I see, you know, cannabis, again, as it becomes more normalized, and that's the opportunity here that the crisis is kind of showing us, is that... Uh, you know, all retailers and agricultural producers may see some regulation, so cannabis would be no different. You know, but I, I do like to make a, you know, observation here, and you know, what we're trying to coin, you know, to avoid regulation in the cannabis industry that may be, you know, burdensome or unnecessary, is you know, relationships like we have with the NCRMA. You know, other industries have associations that can help them navigate this. Construction, healthcare, mm -hmm. we've played in those spaces for years where the industries have come together and uh, used their resources and been provided ways to mitigate risk and avoid regulation. And, you know, at Advent, we like to say that instead of going from just seed to sale, from a medical perspective, we want to go from seed to outcome. 
so the people's health outcomes are optimized. And, you know, if we can do that and patient harm is avoided uh, in the medical field with cannabinoid medicine, you know, then we could avoid those regulations and set the standard of care so that, you know, that's what our uh, position is on this. We see that healthcare and uh, has this opportunity, you know, to start embracing the science of cannabinoid medicine through the normalization and embracing that science is what's going to help patient outcomes uh, in the medical side. And I totally, I totally agree with that, Brad. In my opinion, it appears that this virus actually has heightened the need for organizations like the NCRMA, like Advent Academy, that are offering the education, the support, and the expertise that the industry needs. So thank you for that statement. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I think it's also saying, and um, you can chime in on this, how cannabis is becoming more a part of the mainstream for our society. But I want to delve a little bit into what you feel that risk or the pressure from that is going to do, or what does it put on the medical dispensary owners? Because as you said, this is a necessity. This is not recreational. And just a little bit from your perspective and from your organization's perspective about how our medical dispensaries are going to be able to function in this new environment. Yeah, I see, you know, I think we all see it today. Uh, you know, it's an establishment where people are interacting. Um, you know, conversations may need to be held closely uh, because you don't want to, you know, tell everybody about your medical condition. Um, people handling or touching products and putting them back on the shelves. How do we, uh, you know, keep that uh, environment clean? You know, I've even heard of, uh, you know, some people talking about, you know, curb delivery services. Well, there's risks to that, you know, from a security standpoint and uh, other, you know, if you're walking from the front door to the curb and, you know, do we have that uh, situation under control and is everybody safe uh, in those environments? So, you know, we are going to have to navigate this, uh, you know, as an industry and say, you know, how do we uh, assure quality and safety and cleanliness? And, you know, especially when we're treating medical uh, folks that may have other conditions, um, right. you know, uh, sick people seek, med you know, seek medicine and uh, healthcare services. And, you know, so those are the challenges that we're seeing across healthcare. And it's kind of unique that it's a, it's a retail environment with dispensaries and, and the you know, cannabis supply chain, but, uh, you know, we have to kind of toe the line of the retail risks and the healthcare risks. With that, we're going to take a quick break and, and we will be right back. We really hope you'll join us right after this break as we go into even more about the risks that are, that are presenting themselves as a result of the coronavirus with Brad Hunt. We'll be right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself. 
yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA. We have Brad Hunt with us, the president of Advent Academy today, and we are talking about how the COVID-19 is affecting the medical marijuana industry, some of the challenges that they're seeing, also getting Brad's insight on how we see the industry changing or moving with what we're facing today. So please join us. We're glad to be back with Brad. So thanks again, Brad, for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again for having me. And uh, yeah, I'd like to maybe uh, if we could talk a little bit about, uh, you know, access to uh, healthcare professionals and, you know, the kind of, you know, the one thing that I've seen in this COVID-19 crisis, you know, and that I'm hearing more about is, you know, what about the patients that don't have COVID or coronavirus and that they're seeking treatment for things like cancer and just the normal uh, you know, challenges that we deal with in healthcare, you know, and the strain of moving those healthcare professionals into, you know, battling the outbreak, uh, you know, what is the impact to patients, you know, who are in, you know, cancer treatment and other areas, you know. I think too, I've been thinking about Brad, you know, you have, as you said, people that are already being treated for, for cancer, pain control or other diagnoses, but, what about the people who are right now in that process of getting uh, orders, of having that discussion 
with their physicians to be able to get that medical card and the approval for that. When I look at it with the supply chain and also everything that's going on with businesses, are those people just going to sort of be caught in limbo or do you, do you see the medical associations coming together to provide a fix for that for them to move them through the process? Yeah, I mean, there is an impact because I, you know, I was talking to some physicians the other day and they say, you know, we don't just do, you know, cannabinoid medicine or, you know, approve people's conditions to the state list. Uh, you know, they have other areas that they work in and we were looking, you know, I'm based out of Ohio and uh, I'm looking the other day, we saw about only 2.5% of physicians in the state have gone through the state's medical cannabis program so that they could, you know, certify conditions for patients. To only 2.5? Only 2.5, about 615 uh, last count we had and uh, it was a pretty recent count. And, you know, that to us was, uh, you know, the challenge that, you know, wow. if you, you know, to your question, you know, mm-hmm. number one, can I afford a visit with a physician who has, you know, can talk to me about cannabis and cannabinoid medicine uh, because it's not covered by insurance, you know, to right. my earlier comments on the you know, access to just the medicine. There's also the fees to speak with a healthcare professional physician. And yeah, there's, you know, only 2.5. That's a small number, you know, and on top of that, you know, out of that population, you know, more training is needed is what, you know, they're telling us directly, you know, they would like more training on cannabinoid medicine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, their time to do that has just uh, been wiped out. Exactly. And in Ohio, Anxiety is not an approved diagnosis at this point. So I know that they're that they have been pushing for that. And being in this industry, I did personally ask my own physician, like, so hey, where do you stand on this? And he's actually an approved physician, but he's one of those that is um, advocating for anxiety to be added. So in this time in our country, Brad, how many states have approval that or for medical marijuana for anxiety for that diagnosis? You know, Tamla, it changes so fast. I don't have the exact count, but I can tell you it is on the list. You know, you see approved conditions on uh-huh. each cycle, you know, more on PTSD. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I know in the healthcare system that mental health always takes a backseat to physical. Always. Right? Always. So, you know, that is a challenge. So, you know, and that, to my point earlier, you know, the openness to be able to talk to your physician about your cannabis use, you know, if, the, if anxiety is not an approved condition, people are left to trial and error and self-treatment, uh, you know, and like we were talking earlier, if, if through this crisis, anything, you know, kind of positive happens, you know, for the cannabis industry, you know, and being labeled as essential businesses and the normalization of it, you know, we can convince more healthcare systems and associations to provide these healthcare professionals with the appropriate training and in training on how to normalize it for their patients. And exactly. Say, you know, I used to write this yeah. down on your chart as a drug of abuse. Now I'm going to be writing it on your chart as part of your other medications. Right. And yeah. also, oh, I'm sorry, Brad, but also as that's going to, um, affect the care from a comorbidity standpoint. Correct. Right now with the healthcare system being taxed in a lot of areas, having that knowledge to me seems like that would be key uh, in, in their ability to treat patients 
not only quicker, but more effectively, wouldn't you think? Yeah, correct. And there's kind of a correlation there between the crisis and that, you know, folks are saying that we, you know, had seen this coming, right? You've seen mm-hmm. the videos on LinkedIn of uh, Bill Gates predicting this in 2015. And, you know, we're debating on, you know, how we're responding today, you know, and we see this kind of gap mm-hmm. in the cannabis medical area where physicians are involved, but they're restricted. They're afraid. They don't know the science. And that's the problem. And not knowing the science leads to malpractice, which is kind of another specialty of mine, cannabis Mm -hmm. malpractice. And, you know, we need them to know the science and to normalize the discussions so that, because it's about outcomes. It's about wellness. It's about, I mean, if you're consuming cannabinoids, you're doing it for some reason, be it anxiety, like you mentioned, right? Or Uh to treat a seizure disorder or whatever it is. You know, if you're a 40-year-old man, um, maybe describing myself with back injuries and a lot of stress, then uh, it'd be nice to have a cannabinoid profile. You know, we know of THC and we know of CBD, but there's hundreds of cannabinoids that are being researched, you know, and everyone has said to this point in the healthcare industry, you know, to highlight this gap even further, that additional research needs done. Well, it's being done. You know, I just saw another... uh, publications coming out for the American Journal of Cannabinoid Medicine, which is a pretty uh, respected journal. I think it's in their second or third publication. Uh And the research is in there and it needs to be packaged for these uh, healthcare professionals and they need to receive it uh, because even if, you know, cannabinoid use is not an appropriate uh, way to treat your conditions, then the physicians and nurses still need to speak to that intelligently. They do, exactly. And and the training is what's going to be key. So for your organization, as you circle the wagons and sort of rally the troops within your organization, what's the focus in your training right now to help physicians get to where they need to be? Well, it it is the science. I mean, a lot of the training that's come out, some physicians, if they're going to approve conditions and actually get involved in cannabinoid medicine, so the patients can see cards. They have to take training. Not every state requires it, but some states require it. Ohio does. Other states like Washington. Uh, but in California, not so much. And, uh, but the training that physicians have gotten are really, is really training on how to comply with the rules and regulations the state has had to set up uh, so that we're not you know, prescribing cannabis, but we're you know, proving conditions or recommending. And uh, you know, that right there is, uh, you know, an issue because what they need to know is the science of how cannabinoids affect the endocannabinoid system. And I want to focus on that for just a second. Now, when I say there's a gap here that we could respond to, it's learning the system. So there's a system in your body, the endocannabinoid system that has receptors and your body produces its own cannabinoids. Actually, anatomide is a cannabinoid your body makes in the brain. And it acts on the, that endocannabinoid system similar to the way THC, CBD, and the other cannabinoids do. And physicians and nurses were just simply not taught that system when they went to medical school. And their employers and associations and the other avenues where they receive training uh, has not provided that either. So I was reading a statistic, Brad, that said, uh, I think it was 91% of our graduates from medical school have not received any training in cannabis uh, or in medical marijuana 
91%. And so when you look at most of our physicians out there, we already know that that they're starting at a deficit. We're going to take a quick break and come back and and complete our show today with Brad Hunt. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I'm your host, Tamala McBath, and I'm here today with Brad Hunt, president of Advent Academy. We're having a discussion about how COVID-19 is affecting the industry and also the patients that are in need of, of medical marijuana at this point for different conditions. Brad's been explaining the science to us and a little more about how this is affecting us at the ground level and patients, not only patients, but physicians. So Brad, one of the things, as you know, our backgrounds are very similar in this, but one of the things that I'm very curious about is our nursing home residents or our seniors, whether they're in facilities or whether they're in uh, CCRCs or independent living, we find that the largest cohort 
for medical marijuana use right now, the largest growing cohort is our seniors, 62 and above. How do you feel this crisis is affecting their access, access to care, and what do you feel we need to be doing differently as an industry? Yeah, great question. And, you know, I've met with nursing homes. I've uh, consulted in healthcare for a long time. And, uh, you know, I've always asked the question, you know, how is this affecting us, uh, you know, cannabis specifically in that environment? And, you know, right now, again, we, we were going to be having some meetings about that. But, you know, part of this outcome has been, you know, they've had to be canceled because we cannot uh, enter a nursing home facility as a consultant right now or as an outside visitor. Um, so right now we can't even have discussions. So that's you know the first kind of observation there. You know, right. but prior to that, in my discussions, you know, uh, it's challenging because uh, in certain states, especially like in the Midwest, where there's still a, uh, uh, I guess, different opinions on uh, cannabis and cannabis medicine. Uh, you know, but I've asked res, you know, administrators, you know, are people trying to bring cannabis medicine into the nursing home? And unequivocally, yes. And the yes. same thing we're seeing in hospice. Um, you know, so how, you know, in nursing homes and in healthcare, you know, how do you control that substance? Uh, where do you store it? Where do you allow it to be consumed? Uh, can you smoke it when we have oxygen in the healthcare environment? Uh, things we need to consider. Um, that's a challenge. Yeah, it's a big challenge. That's a total challenge, you know, and going through the times when there was smoking in nursing facilities and how uh, that had to change in the whole patient rights bit. But when it came down to safety, that's always been a challenge. So consuming, I know, has changed a lot. But you also, we also have to look at the fact that everyone in a nursing facility is not a senior. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so the risk is there also because we have, you know, different populations that are there as well. So because we are, our time is limited going into uh, facilities or being able to speak with them, I think that uh, this will be a great outlet and a way for us to get more information from those on the front lines in our, in our senior facility. From a regulatory standpoint, though, we both know how slow and, you know, CMS can move at times, correct? Yes, absolutely. And I think <laughs> we even have some more challenges ahead of that. Like, you know, and this highlights, again, the need for NCRMA and, you know, Advent and the partnership here, where a lot of these facilities are still trying to struggle through their drug-free workplace policy. Work for, exactly, exactly. Right? So you have to tackle that in addition to, well, how do we handle this clinically, right? And logistically, <laughs> And how will CMS as a regulatory body be able to even get involved at a, because it's at a federal level? So to right. me, that's, that's I like, tell you what, the CMS connection is a lot of reason why healthcare systems and associations can't uh, really tackle this. I mean, I worked in uh, as a Medicare uh, researcher on a CMS project called Partnership for Patients, and uh, you know, it was funded through CMS. So uh -huh. a lot of research is funded through CMS. So any kind of, you know, delving into cannabis is scary for medical executives because, you know, well, what, what's the federal, you know, side going to see for that? And they're you know, funding some things for us. So, uh, you know, exactly. that's a challenge where the conversation is being cut off uh, so that the frontline workers aren't getting trained. Right. And that again, highlights the need for organizations like your own and organizations like the NCRMA to be able to bring that education and training 
to the people that are there on the front lines. So lastly, Brad, I want to ask you, medical marijuana and the coronavirus, opportunity or threat? It's definitely a threat because of the outbreak and, you know, we're all hunkered down here. But, you know, the opportunities come from crisis. I love that, you know, term. And I think that as we're saying here, the biggest thing and the connection I see here is, you know, the essential uh, services, decisions in several states so that folks could continue to, you know, use cannabinoid medicine uh, for their health. Uh has been highlighted here and that we could you know, take that as an opportunity to further continue to normalize uh, cannabis medicine and make sure that we don't repeat uh, being unprepared or not addressing a gap that we see in the healthcare system, which is there's a disconnect between leaving your physician's office uh, when you're you know, authorized to go get medical cannabis and then actually obtaining that cannabis and maximizing it uh, for your outcomes. So we, we can take this opportunity to uh, address that. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. Your insight is definitely valuable and we want to continue to get that out to the industry at large. Once again, we've had Brad Hunt from Advent Academy. They offer education, support, expertise to the medical community, to physicians, and also to ancillary professionals. At this time, we know that it's totally needed and uh, we need more of it. So thank you again for being a service partner. Thank you to all of the, all of those that are joining, joining us today at Chronic Risk. Stay safe. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.